0: Welcome to this week's Market Week in Review for the week ending June 10, 2022. I'm your host, Laura Bardewick, and joining us today is investment strategist, Alex Coosley. Alex, pleasure to have you on.
1: Hi, Laura, how are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Doing well, pleasure is all mine. Well, today, Alex, I was thinking we could go over three topics. First and foremost, recent stock market volatility, then some recent central bank decisions across the globe before rounding off with the reopening in China. If that all sounds good to you, let's go ahead and get started from the top with recent stock market volatility. What should investors be paying attention to?
1: Yeah, sure. So we're recording this as of the Thursday close and US and of 100 is down 2.4% for the day and Nasdaq was down 2.7. In terms of what to pay attention to, I think it's really useful to look at markets throughout cycle valuation and sentiment framework that we use here at Russell. And so if we go through each three of those um, pieces, so on value, on equity markets, they are less expensive given the self that we've seen year to date. But we really aren't seeing signs that markets are outright cheap. Um, right now, on this cycle, you know, I think the thematic that is dry, driving volatility is really around the, the impact of the cycle from higher energy prices, higher inflation, uh, and very aggressive central banks, and you know, that does pose a challenge uh, over the next 12 months in terms of how the economy will be able to withstand those pressures. And then the final piece that's really been the swing factor recently is is around sentiment. So we have a number of indicators that we look at and pr- a proprietary indicator. Um, that tries to capture the general sentiment of the of the equity market we're we seeing signs of panic we're we seeing signs of greed because uh, those signs of panic are, are really good opportunities or have you know historically have proved to be very good opportunities what we've seen over the last two months has really been markets that are oversold but not at that extreme panic level so we aren't seeing that opportunity yet um you know and given the cycle there's a quite a big hurdle to to go uh, at extra equity risk on top of our strategic asset allocation. So for now, we're quite neutral, and we're just really watching and, and focusing on how the cycle plays out and how that sentiment rating comes through as well.
0: Perfect. Well, I guess we'll stay tuned for more information there. In the meantime, if you could tell us a little bit about some of the recent decisions from central banks across the globe, can you outline what's happened there and what investors should be paying attention to?
1: Yeah, so the three that have met this week, uh, the European Central Bank, the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Reserve Bank of India, starting with the ECB, which is the more consequential of the three, uh, we saw an announcement or the, the announcement too, that they're going to intend to stop asset purchases at the end of June. They're looking at raising rates in July, and importantly, President Lagarde in her press conference, really opened the door for a larger than 25 basis point hike in September if inflation if their inflation outlook was still running above the target. So they've really kind of shifted, similar to most central banks, to a much more hawkish stance. And when you look at market pricing now, that you know their, their expecta- expectation is that the ECB will be somewhere around 1.5 to 2% uh, within 12 months. And that's a pretty big shift from the minus 0.5% that they're currently at. Here in Australia, again, similarly, the, the central bank surprised markets with a 50 basis point rise. The market was kind of torn between 25 and 40 basis points. But that said, if we look at the pricing where the market is expecting the RBA to get to, they're looking at 3% by the end of the year from 0.85% right now. And we think that's probably a bit too aggressive. And we think that the RBA will probably settle at a lower level, just given that there is a lot of exposure of mortgage rates, because most mortgage rates in Australia are variable. We have very short fixing. And there is a big amount of natural tightening that will happen in the next 12 months because people that had two or three year fixed loans that they got during COVID are going to be refixing them at a much higher rate. So there is a natural amount, and we just don't think the economy is really need, is going to be able to withstand that, that 3 3.5% three that the market is pricing. So we think that's a little bit too aggressive. The last one is the Reserve Bank of India, which India have kind of lagged most of their EM counterparts. A lot of EM central banks really moved pretty quickly um, last year, and so they raised rates by 50 basis points. Again, surprising the market a little bit. We probably get a little bit more catch-up. Uh, from India there. Um, So this thematic of of hawkish central banks is really playing out across most parts of the world, uh, with the exception of China, which I guess we'll get onto next.
0: Yeah, that's a great segue. Let's talk about the reopening in China.
1: Yeah, so we've had, I mean, Shanghai has been going through a a lockdown. Parts of Beijing faced um, challenges. They've now reopened. We had the Dragon Boat Festival holiday last weekend. And spending wasn't great but it wasn't as bad as expected so that's i guess you know a small encouragement more importantly though is you know we had the reopening there is still going to be challenges around COVID, no doubt because you have a very high amount of unvaccinated elderly so that you know poses a risk but we are seeing more signs from the chinese government that they want to stimulate the economy the five and a half percent gdp target that they set at the start of the year we thought was it too aggressive at that time it's clearly now too aggressive but we are seeing more and more signs that they're bringing stimulus so some of the more recent examples are in shanghai they've provided tax cuts to businesses which if you aggregate aggregate up is about 0.3 percent of gdp in value and there is infrastructure spending and the government have advised policy banks to provide credit for that which is about 70 basis points of gdp the other part that is kind of a, a bigger or a slower moving part is around the housing market, which has been a key challenge for the last two years. And we're seeing more signs that the government are trying to ease uh, the housing market, ease uh, the ability to get a mortgage, ease interest rates uh, and the P- People's Bank of China have been cutting interest rates. We expect there's going to be more interest rate cuts. So, you know, there's still, uh, you know, it's still going to be a tough situation in the near term for China. But we do think that we're starting to see those signs of stimulus coming through that should support the economy towards the back end of q Train into Q4.
0: Perfect. Well, just looking at time, uh, I think that's all we have for today. So, thank you so much for Alex for joining us, and thank you all for joining us as well. We hope to see you next time and hope you have a great week.